All right, as we begin this news week, we are getting closer and closer. We are 15 days away from what could be one of the most pivotal, most consequential elections we have ever seen in our entire lifetime. And I really truly wonder how people are feeling about it. Are you excited or nervous or really do you just kind of want all of it to be over with? But either way, every minute, you know, second hour that goes by, we are getting closer and closer. And there's been a lot of early voting already, which which really doesn't surprise me. I mean, as far as the first debate goes, I think people, even before that debate, really a lot of the American people already have their minds made up. You know, it's it, you, you take an opinion on Donald Trump. Now, I believe he's the most transparent president that we've ever seen. I mean, you want to know what's on a president's mind at all times, and he has, you know, never wavered from that. Obviously, majority of that being through the Twitter box and the tweets that he sends out there. You always know exactly what the president is thinking. And on top of that, I think the president's accomplishments, which we've gone through before, and, you know, having the best economy ever and the unemployment records and, you know, trillions to the U.S. military. We can go through all the different accomplishments and the renegotiating of trade deals that are better for this country. And there, there's so much more to go. I mean, 400 uh, miles at the southern border wall is fantastic. Um, but if you go back to 2016, and you could even go further to 2015, the president, as far as every single campaign promise he made, you know, that saying that he could fix, you know, our immigration system. Well, he promised to have a border wall. And, you know, to get Mexico to pay for it as well, I would argue through renegotiating NAFTA and getting us, you know, uh, abolishing that basically and putting us into the USMCA. Well, yeah, I would argue that Mexico has paid for the wall. Now, he wanted to bring businesses and companies back here to the U.S. Well, that's exactly what he's done. You know, as far as um, now Obama was saying, what, do you, what is he just going to wave a magic wand and jobs are going to come back? No, it ain't going to happen. Well, uh, as far as uh, last time I checked, 445,000 manufacturing jobs created under the president, you know, millions, uh, almost 100 million jobs uh, in his own words that the president has created. So to me, I, you know, Savannah Guthrie last week said, um, and I want to get her question exactly right. How can you get a second chance and improve? So to me, it seems like, and you can see the narrative in the media. They, you know, they don't want a second term for Donald Trump. But it, it, it stuns me, basically. And all throughout the interview, and I should have done better touching on this last week, actually. But the president said to Savannah Guthrie one or two times, but it, it struck me. And he said, you know, listen, we're, we're on the same team here. And he's right. So you want to bring unity over division. And you'd like to have us work together. Well, we saw a sign of working together last week. <clears throat> that came through... Senator Lindsey Graham and Senator Dianne Feinstein. 
After the hearings for Amy Coney Barrett, Judge Amy Coney Barrett, who really, and we got Supreme Court news today, we really need her to be confirmed because Roberts, again, is just out of control. Now, to me, John Roberts has totally shown his hand as a never-Trump Republican, and I don't know if that has, you know, because his loyalties to George W. Bush, but oh my goodness gracious, and we'll get into that news, but as far as um, the unification, you know, Feinstein said this was one of the best hearings that I've ever been a part of. And she even gave Lindsey Graham a hug. Well, after that, there was, I think it was Demand Justice or something like that, a, a, a left-wing um, organization came out and, you know, immediately was calling for Dianne Feinstein's resignation. So that should tell you everything you need to know about who's trying to unify this country. And the president has touched on it a lot. He said, you know, listen, we, as far as unity goes, we were getting there. We were having, you know, Ronald Reagan always uh, talked about peace through, peace through strength. Well, I think the president could use a term and say that there was unity through success. Because as I said, you know, this, this country had the lowest unemployment records for every single demographic of person in this country, for blacks, for Asians, for Latinos, for women, for youths, for disabled Americans. Now pulling us out of the Paris Climate Accord, I always say that saved, you know, billions of dollars for this country, and we're doing far better than the countries that are in the Paris Climate Accord. Now, he gave, you know, uh, $250 million annually to historically black colleges and universities. That was Donald Trump that did that. That wasn't Barack Obama and Joe Biden. You know, we're now a net exporter of energy, and we have oil and gas in this country. You don't have to rely on other countries. You don't have to rely on Iran so far away for their oil and have to navigate through the Strait of Hormuz. You know, we, we don't owe them anything as we should i mean if anything they should owe us for the 1.5 billion dollars that obama and biden thought it was a good idea to put on their tarmac you know why the reason iran has nuclear weapons is because of obama and biden um and so Soleimani, though sticking with the topic of the middle east you have Soleimani is gone al baghdadi is gone a hundred percent of the ISIS caliphate is gone. Um, and as well as on top of that, more domestically, the president lowered prescription drug costs and he, he put forward historic tax cuts. Now, those historic tax cuts, as far as I'm um, concerned, when I say unity through success, 50 cent, okay, 50 cent, the rapper through this tweet out today on the Twitter box he uh, has this picture top tax rates by state under Biden tax plan California 62.6 percent New Jersey 60 percent New York State 58 percent New York City getting 62 percent right he says what the F vote for Trump I'm out F New York, the Knicks never win anyway. 
I don't care. And, and this just isn't correct at all, as I just pointed out, uh, for what Donald Trump has done for blacks. And, you know, he's uh, promising $500 billion to black communities after the election. Um, I don't care. Trump doesn't like black people. 62% are you out of your effing mind. Now that you got an endorsement here of 50 cent a rapper. And I think for the most part, you have Ice Cube. Um, now last week he was supposed to go on CNN and Fredo Cuomo's show canceled it. And then like Don Lemon came out and for some reason decided to make Ice Cube angry. I don't I have no idea why. But then he was uh, rebooked on Fredo Cuomo's show. And now to me, He's sort of, and, and he's getting hate and pushback and backlash against trying to work with Donald Trump. So anytime you see the media or the Democrats wanting to unify this country, it it's all a lie. You know, the president, unity through success, well, the Democrats don't want that. The Democrats don't want this country to be successful right now. They only care about success and the, the you know uh, a great economy when it's a Democrat president. And now here's the thing about this, okay? Anytime, I always make this argument, anytime Democrats get power, what happens? Well, for some reason, it all seems to just get destroyed whether it be a major American city, whether it be the eight-long nightmare that was Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden and what they did to this country. I mean, the easiest stat to point out is that 95 million Americans were out of the labor force under Biden and Obama. So here's a story in the Chicago Tribune that is, I haven't, and, and my apologies, actually, to the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, because I haven't mentioned her for a long time. And I, you know, I let her slide as far as that coronavirus press conference. She comes out and she's got this, this cape on it. <laughs> it was just one of the strangest things I've ever seen in my life. The president has warned and he warned at the start of the pandemic. As far as coronavirus goes, he warned about we can't have the cure be worse than the disease, worse than the virus. Listen to this. Mayor Lori Lightfoot, considering $94 million property tax increase, more than 300 city worker layoffs, and gas tax hike as part of plan to close $1.2 billion budget gap. Uh, Lightfoot is also considering about $500, uh, excuse me, $500 million in refinancing city debt to help close the deficit. So why is this, why is there this big deficit in Chicago right now? Easy. The mayor is scheduled to explain her plans to close the city's coronavirus fueled budget deficit on Wednesday. One thing is clear, it won't be easy, not for the city workers and taxpayers who will be asked to pay for the financial consequences of the coronavirus pandemic. Completely irresponsible from the mayor of Chicago. 
And she can argue whatever she wants as far as that she wanted to keep people safe. And this was all part, you know, we had to stop the spread of COVID-19. Well, in Chicago's case, and the president warned them at the beginning, warned the whole country about it, that we cannot have the cure be worse than the virus. Look at Chicago now. $1.2 billion budget deficit now because of Mayor Lori Lightfoot's leadership. By the way, she's making everyone mad. Though Lightfoot has kept deals close to the vest, sources said a five-day furlough for all non-union city employees is under consideration, as well as up to 350 layoffs. The layoffs would amount to roughly $13 million. Uh, Lightfoot is also mulling a possible $77 million um, cut to unfilled positions. Or more than 1,000 vacancies. Now she's making the teachers mad too. Listen to this. The city also is weighing whether to ask Chicago Public Schools to reimburse the city for $40 million more in school pension contributions the city makes. Lightfoot made a similar move last year and was criticized for what some uh, said was a cost shift onto Chicago Public Schools to balance the city's budget. Uh, the city also is considering shifting nearly 900 crossing guard workers to Chicago public schools, cutting $12 million from Chicago's budget, but adding an expense for the schools. So this is what happens when Democrats are in charge. The city of Chicago now is in a $1.2 billion deficit. And who does Mayor Lori Lightfoot have to look at? You know, she didn't want to listen to any of her uh, advisors. You know, you had this um, Alderman, I believe it was Alderman Lopez was his name. He was trying to say, look, this mayor is no good whatsoever for our city. And now look at what she's done. I mean, she's out there parading around with a cape on. You know, she had the, the census cowboy come running around it's just it's it's very strange what's going on in chicago and chicago i don't see anyone who wants to go there at this point in time you know we 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 hear about the dangers of chicago every single day i mean we could look up statistics right now and just see how many people were murdered over the weekend in chicago you know it's it's not a safe city to go to and this budget that they have here well this deficit that they have um now that you know make no mistake about it that'll go through every other major american city they're gonna have to find out how to repay everything that was uh put forward as far as bills and laws and you know budgets that were uh intended for coronavirus but it's sort of so you can take that amplify it now you know remember that uh congress passed a, a two trillion dollar stimulus bill for the entire country well now you're sort of starting to wonder well how are we going to pay that back well joe biden's clear that he's going to write and i'm glad that 50 cent is seeing it now but he's clear that he's going to raise taxes Okay, he says, no, I'm not going to raise taxes only if you're making $400,000 or more. That is a complete lie. Now, think about the people that Joe Biden is um, as in his inner circle. So Biden has AOC. He wants her in charge of energy. 
Well, what is AOC going to do? She wants to implement the $93 trillion Green New Deal that would ensure that this country goes bankrupt. Uh, as far as guns go, he wants Beto O'Rourke in charge of guns, and Beto O'Rourke has made his stance on guns very clear. Hell yes, this is exact quote, I'm going to take away your guns. Uh, and as far as Medicare for all, Bernie Sanders, how do you think we're going to pay for that as a nation? Absolutely there will be um, tax uh, uh, raise in taxes under Joe Biden's plan. Now, um, Biden himself has openly admitted to this. All throughout the campaign trail, Biden has said repeatedly, yeah, I'm going to raise your taxes because this was what the Democrats go to sort of was anything literally anything that donald trump said was good they had to be against even as far as 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 tax cuts go now people listen okay americans pay attention when it comes to their wallet i mean i i think as far as money goes you know money for everyday americans that really matters most i think americans want safety and i think americans want good infrastructure I mean, they're, they're, they, you have to drive to work every day or take the buses or subways or whatever you want, good bridges and good roads and good streets, you know, to go down. As far as sidewalks um, go as well, you want those to be at least solid. So those, I think, are three big things that Americans pay attention to. On top of that, healthcare as well. Now, healthcare, Obamacare would have been repealed and replaced if not for, again, John McCain. Now, for some reason, John McCain can't be criticized from his record as being a senator. Well, that's funny because when he was running for president, the media couldn't stand John McCain. They crucified him. But as soon as that was over with, then he had this, this rhino mentality about him. And the only, you know, the president said, look, he's a war. I get he's a war here, but he was captured. Well, the president is accurate. And saying that John McCain was captured and John McCain you can criticize his record as a US senator because he ran on repealing and replacing Obamacare and it was just so ironic that he was the person that ensured that it wasn't repealed and replaced you know his love for the country was outweighed by his hatred for Donald Trump in that instance so I think um, you know, Republicans have, and, and the president, you know, said that he, he did get rid of the individual mandate. That is a fact. So we're, it, it's like, it's kind of like every single, like a, like a drip sort of effect that, that it's, it's coming together. The pieces of Obamacare, get that out of there. I mean, Americans paid, paid so much more money when it came to Obamacare and millions of Americans lost their health care plan. So Republicans have an incredible opportunity here to, to run on health care, run on repealing and replacing Obamacare, but don't lose it this time. I mean, if Republicans can um, get the House and retain the Senate and retain the presidency, then there are absolutely no excuses for them to not get a Trump agenda passed. You don't have a Paul Ryan who was a never Trump Republican in there. You don't have a John McCain, never Trump Republican, 
anymore. You have in and whoever is going to be Speaker of the House, I really truly um don't know. I think it would be um great to sort of have uh Jim Jordan be Speaker of the House, Congressman from Ohio. I think he's uh fantastic and right on the money and has, has held the uh FBI accountable um as best as he possibly can for Crossfire Hurricane and Christopher Ray for withholding information that they want. He's been uh, terrific as far as that goes so i think he would make a great speaker but republicans need to regain the house of representatives to get to that point so there's one candidate in this race who is working immense just working so hard because he actually wants to be president this is the the president over the weekend right went to he was in uh yeah wisconsin he was in michigan he was in california um uh, newport beach i believe he was in and the just the the people that were lined up on the road there you know your eyes do not lie to you in california that support for the president was incredible and that and, and by the way you know don't get your hopes up the president probably isn't going to win california but at least for him to to be there and sort of you know pick away at at, at that huge uh ice sculpture that is that is the um california going for a democrat is is fantastic and a lot of support uh for the president in california um as well as um being there he was in uh nevada as well last night now today he does an event in um prescott arizona now he just wrapped up an event in tucson in arizona and arizona uh elect uh 11 electoral votes is going to be pivotal uh come november but it's just it's a man who's working so hard and like i said his goal from 2015 right what was the campaign promise make america great again well, he's never wavered from that. He's always kept that one same goal of wanting to make America great again. Never, ever has that changed. It's only changed when he brought the slogan in to keep America great again. and Or, excuse me, keep America great. And then, of course, we got hit with the uh, China virus, which it is the China virus. It came from China. This is China's world war without violence that has infected over 180 countries so uh before that it was always uh, uh keep america great was going to be the slogan going into this but now it's come to make america great again again now that compare that to this get ready for this the biden campaign 15 days out from an election the Biden campaign yesterday, this was announced by the way, has called a lid until Thursday. I'm like, are you kidding me? Every single thing about the Biden campaign is a complete and utter joke. Now, why is Joe going to be in hiding 15 days, 15 days? before an election no one's going to see joe uh we didn't see him today we're not going to see him tomorrow we're not going to see him wednesday we're going to see him as, uh for the debate but 
there's another reason why and 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 listen i get it you want to study for debate but and and uh you know be be at your best when it comes to that presidential debate you're going to need to be at your best the president is always at his best um but for biden you know how can there be enthusiasm in joe biden's voters when they don't even see him i mean what is he going to do sit in his basement studying for the debate and start tweeting you know there's things that you can't study for once you're in that moment oh and by the way there's there's news with the um commission on presidential debates which is just incredible really the, you know the amount of things that they have tried to change as far as donald trump goes is really quite incredible and we'll get to that in a second but for joe right you know once you're on that debate stage there are things that just come to your head you know you have to be quick you have to be witty um and that it, it definitely what the president is you know i have the uh, uh a complete faith and trust that the president will be fantastic um at the third and final presidential um debate and in in the president is practicing every single day when he's doing these rallies i mean this man has a jam-packed schedule this is what we want to see out of a president oh and by the way um how about this fire intentionally set inside ballot box in la county now the president's been warning about um <laughs> voter fraud voter suppression happening how about that a fire set inside a ballot box uh and officials say that it was set uh intentionally well, you don't see biden out there warning about voter fraud but you know it's just it's simply incredible everything about his campaign is a joke it really is a joke and he, he himself a harris administration alongside biden and kamala harris because the american people totally and utterly rejected her you know she thinks well here i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna co get to the white house through a back door right if joe wins you know he's obviously not cognitively there he's not mentally there he's not physically there whatsoever you know he's he's not the person he used to be and if you go back and look through um biden's senate career well well biden was sharp as a senator um didn't agree with much that joe biden put forward um even he admits that the 1994 crime bill wasn't great at all and i you know as far as foreign policy goes well biden voted for the iraq war biden was against taking out osama bin laden so to me how can you trust that man the president has clearly indicated that he knows what he's doing as far as foreign policy goes because Qasem Soleimani is no longer here he's rotting in hell al-baghdadi rotting in hell 100 percent of the isis caliphate totally completely gone that was all donald trump's decisions you know as well as donald trump's decision to shut uh shut down travel from china which we 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 don't even know how many thousands maybe even millions of lives of americans were saved from donald trump just making that decision now for some reason and, and even experts were saying you know don't do this but he said no i'm gonna do it and he turned out to be absolutely spot on correct um even fauci was saying you know don't shut down travel oh and fauci so i got there's news about dr fauci 
and the president was um he was not particularly pleased with dr fauci um so this is what the president's tweet was today and he was asked about fauci all day it seemed um he tweeted on the twitter box dr tony fauci says we don't allow him to do television now and yet I saw him last night on 60 Minutes. So this is why the president wasn't really happy with Fauci. Because Fauci was saying, no, wear, wear a mask now. But, you know, at the beginning, was he saying wear masks? No. And what was the reason? Well, he wanted all the um, nurses and doctors and hospitals to get them first. But, you know, if, if, if it was a good idea back then and he knew it was a good idea, why, why was it that he wouldn't say to the American people wear masks? Um... He seems to get more airtime than anybody since the late great Bob Hope. All I ask of Tony is that he make better decisions. He also said no masks and let China in. Um, also, bad arm. P.S. Tony should stop wearing the Washington Nationals mask for two reasons. Number one, it is not up to high standards that he should be exposing. Number two... He, uh, it keeps reminding me that Tony threw out perhaps the worst pitch in the history of baseball. I mean, listen, love the guy or hate the guy. It's just freaking funny. But here's the hypocrisy in the media. You don't see anything. The media aren't pushing back on the governor of New York City. That being Andrew Cuomo. Because he says that Americans shouldn't and can't trust the FDA or the CDC. So the president is just attacking Anthony Fauci, you know, who's like the, the, his, the man's word should be taken as gospel for some reason. I mean, even in the 60 Minutes interview he did, he was admitting that he was wrong. But Cuomo's attacking the whole organization and institution of it. FDA and CDC cannot be trusted. Andrew Cuomo says that's responsible rhetoric for when we're going through a pandemic, right? You think he'll bring out a lessons in leadership part two and put that in there? Yeah, I uh, I, I politicize coronavirus. You know, we, we can't trust the CDC or the FDA. The president trusts them. They're really? You know, that, that's a lesson in leadership? I would think working together would be on there. You know, as far as the president goes, unity through success. But, yeah far as Andrew Cuomo goes, you know, he's singing a different tune and the media are okay with it. If the president says something bad about Fauci, no, that that's bad. That's got to stop. But if uh, Cuomo says something bad about the whole organization of the CDC and the FDA, that that is fine. That can uh, slip through. Now, Biden, there's another reason that Joe Biden is not going to be seen until Thursday. Well, why? That's simple. Number one, um, as I alluded to earlier, he's preparing for the debate. Number two, he has to figure out a strategy in order to get through the debacle, the October surprise that is Hunter Biden's emails being exposed to the public. Now, it is Monday. It's October 19th. And these emails came out last Wednesday in the New York Post. There has yet to be pushback. There's yet to be a denial from the Biden campaign, from any Biden spokesperson, from Biden himself, 
from Hunter Biden himself, from Jill Biden, no one has come forward and said that none of this didn't happen, that it's not Hunter Biden's laptop, it's not Hunter Biden's emails, it was Hunter Biden was never in this shop. And so what do they have? So what do the Democrats have to do? Well, Adam Schiff, uh, Adam Schiff last Friday, what a joke he is. This whole smear on Joe Biden comes from the Kremlin. This guy is obsessed with Russia. He is, he is by far the worst congressman that there's ever been. He's a joke. He does nothing for the American people. He is clearly obsessed with Russia and taking down Donald Trump. But this morning, the director of national intelligence, John Radcliffe, came out, came out and said, there's no evidence that the release of Hunter Biden's emails is part of a Russian intelligence operation. So again, where's the pushback on Adam Schiff? And the media don't want to even run the story on the Hunter Biden emails and why they want to verify it. Well, you want to verify, did you verify Steele's Russian dossier that was paid for by Hillary Clinton to quote, stir up a scandal and tie Donald Trump to Russia to vilify Donald Trump in the run-up to the 2016 election to distract from her emails. Was there any verification in that dossier? Was there any verification as far as Crossfire Hurricane goes? Or did they just openly believe everything that came out of Robert Mueller's mouth? Did they, they really truly believed that Donald Trump was working with Russia, by the way. They still believe there was collusion. Adam Schiff clearly still does. And for me, it's it's irresponsible. There's no... Now, Schiff, we know, by the way, was conducting these hearings, and uh, the uh, person after person, you know, uh, Loretta Lynch and uh, uh, Sally Yates, and um, uh, it was the National Security Advisor, Susan Rice, they were giving testimony, and they were saying that there's there's no Trump-Russia collusion here. So they knew about it. They were saying it to Schiff, but now he's still coming forward and saying this is all part of, 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 of from the Kremlin. You know, he's a joke. Anything Adam Schiff says, just you cannot take that as truth because he's lying to you. He's lying to the American people, and he doesn't care about it either. Now, there's Supreme Court news that we're going to get into that I can't for the life of me I John Roberts I, I'm not even sure if he can if he you can consider him a conservative justice anymore but before I get to the bad news there was good news today Supreme Court to hear Trump immigration cases on border wall and asylum the Supreme Court announced on Monday that it will take up two cases involving President Trump's get tough immigration policy by the way the citation here is the Washington Times granting hearings on his border wall construction and his crackdown on bogus asylum claims. Uh, both cases go straight to the heart of presidential powers and shifting Pentagon money toward his border wall. Mr. Trump defied the will of Congress and the justices will have to answer whether he also defied the letter of the law. The asylum policy, officially known as the Migrant Protection Protocols, but more commonly called remain in Mexico, you know, not catch and release. We don't catch at the border and release you here in the U.S. I mean, what a, what a bonehead policy. The president got rid of that. 
uh, the Remain in Mexico policy was crucial to stemming the surge last year of illegal immigrant families. Uh, so the justices will have to decide whether Congress granted the president uh, the power to push back across the border to wait for their, uh, excuse me, to push people back across the border to wait for their asylum cases to be processed in U.S. immigration courts. Now, to me, I, it's not hard. You know, if you come here illegally, if you're stopped at the border because you, you know, didn't respect um, the law of the land and you didn't want to come to the United States immigrant here legally if, if 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 that just doesn't matter to you whatsoever then of course you should be sent back to your country or remain in mexico you know th this is such an incredible country as far as freedom and liberty and opportunity goes there's never been a country that offers more of it so it 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 should be tough to get here you know we're blessed as Americans every single day to be born American citizens and the people that have immigrated here um, and have become uh, American citizens as well you know God bless them we you the big lie that is uh, thrown out there in the country and throughout the media is that Republicans hate immigrants well that's not true at all I mean, we all fully understand that at some point in time our families immigrated to America to the United States and we just want immigration to be legal. That, to me, is not that hard to understand. Now, the Supreme Court, listen to this. Supreme Court turns away Pennsylvania GOP effort to block extended period for turning in ballots. Here we go. The Supreme Court on Monday shut down a GOP-led effort to block an extended period for counting ballots in the crucial presidential swing state of Pennsylvania. Chief Justice Roberts, again, Chief Justice Roberts, sided with the high court's three liberals, resulting in a 4-4 tie. Justice Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh sided with the state GOP. And since the court is not at full capacity and was, uh, they were forced to issue a ruling with only eight justices due to the vacant seat left, which will presumably be filled by Amy Coney Barrett. It's just, it, it, here we go again with Roberts. He never, he almost never, excuse me, I can't say, you know, never 100% of the time, but he almost never chooses the conservative side. I'm like, what is going on with this guy? At some point in time here, we got to get smart. We got to replace Justice Roberts as um, Chief Justice because the decisions he made, how, how, how long is it going to take to turn in ballots? We've seen this before where ballots come in after the result on election night. Here come these ballots. And for some reason, Democrats win. To me, this is Roberts showing his cards, saying that, listen, I want Joe Biden to be the president. I'm going to politicize the court because I think he perceives as though, and George Bush uh, hasn't come out and made an endorsement yet, but I think he wants George W. Bush to have, he thinks Bush wants Biden to be in the White House, so he has to put that forward. I think he has such loyalty to George W. Bush that it, it uh, influences 
his decisions that he makes and and to me he just makes conservatives mad every single time we see decisions like this it's always roberts who's siding with the liberals amy coney barrett cannot get confirmed soon enough uh now i'd like this move from the senate republicans senate republicans announced constitutional amendment to block court packing a group of Senate Republicans on Monday announced a constitution amendment, constitutional amendment to fix the Supreme Court at a maximum of nine members. Why is that so hard? Democrats agree with it. Obama agreed with it. Biden agreed with it. Biden said in 1983, it was a bonehead move by FDR to try and pack the Supreme Court. 2005, he said it was a power grab. So why shouldn't Democrats vote for this? Now, as far as the Senate Democrats go, Chuck Schumer says, quote, everything is on the table. Packing the Supreme Court, he means, is on the table, as well as eliminating the Electoral College, eliminating uh, the Senate filibuster, and uh, giving statehood to Puerto Rico and D.C. so that they have four more uh, senators. Now, this is a good move by Republicans, and Ted Cruz says, for the sake of our liberties and the future of our country, we must preserve our independent judiciary. Uh, these proposals would do just that. Now, there's no reason why there shouldn't be bipartisan support behind that. But we'll see as far as the Senate Democrats go. That will really show um, that, that, that they want to pack the Supreme Court. That they don't care about having nine people, nine, nine justices on the court. They just want to make sure that they have power. That's all they care about. Uh, so now, let me get into the Commission on Presidential Debates. Debate Commission will mute Biden and Trump if they exceed response time. You know, because we wouldn't want a debate to ensue during a debate, right? The Commission on Presidential Debates will reportedly cut off former Vice President Joe Biden or President Trump if they exceed the two minutes allotted to them for commenting on topics during Thursday's debate in Nashville. According to the AEP, the debate will include an open discussion forum that won't include the mute option. The commission said in a statement that it had determined that it is appropriate to adopt measures intended to promote adherence to agreed upon rules and inappropriate to make changes to those rules. I mean, a freaking mute button right you know who does that help as far as i'm concerned not the president that's that's again something changing to help uh vice president joe biden oh and by the way jeffrey tubin okay jeffrey tubin of cnn has found himself in a sticky situation oh come on right <laughs> well listen to this new yorker suspends jeffrey tubin for masturbating on zoom call oh my goodness gracious both people who spoke on the condition of anonymity in order to speak freely noted that it was unclear how much each person saw but both saw said they saw jeffrey tubin you know what ing off on <laughs> now new yorker and cnn jeffrey tubin right that that th that's what he's doing really that <laughs> to me unbelievable totally inexcusable um 
and that you know that's just a sort of a segue that doesn't mean much as far as the news goes um but it's just you know it's funny to say a sticky situation isn't it anyway project veritas is out with another video today google program manager confirms election interference in favor of joe biden ratish ratish lock lockar is this guy's name now he's a program manager for the cloud and google and he's saying this because again project veritas who does such great incredible reporting it's skewed by the owners and the drivers of the algorithm it's just like they this is what the journalist said the guy that was undercover for project veritas it just seems like they favor the democrats and he says quote because we are in america that's what lockhart lockhart says he says if trump wins there will be riots and if the left wins they will be ecstatic uh he says so i'm like you're playing selective god like if it was fraud it doesn't matter but for trump or melania it matters on the other side trump says something misinformation you're going to delete that because it's illegal under whatever pretext but if a democrat leader says it then you're just going to leave it there and he says when trump won the first time people were crying in the corridors of google there were protests there were marches there was group therapy sessions for employees organized by hr now how about this this was um this came out today uh in uh newsbusters pointing out twitter facebook censored trump campaign 65 times yet they leave biden's campaign untouched twitter and facebook have censored the president's social media accounts and the accounts belonging to his re-election campaign at least 65 times in contrast the companies have not yet censored former vice president joe biden and his campaign accounts at all twitter composes the bulk of the problem with 98 percent of all instances of censorship uh it says it shouldn't come as a surprise that twitter has made the decision to censor major headlines about the biden family particularly when it came to the new york post story about hunter biden's dealings with ukraine now what is the what's being done about it right well senator cruz i just saw him actually on the ingram angle with laura ingram on fox he says i expect twitter and facebook ceos to testify before the election so that is very good news now i want to end uh the program tonight on something that to me is very very sad and very um heartbreaking really now a reason that i love radio so much and why i love listening to talk radio is because it gives conservatives uh, a chance basically a platform to get their message out there and really tell an incredible audience what they believe in what they stand for their principles their values you know how much they love this country and there's not a person that loves this country more than by all intents and purposes an idol of mine that being you know the man that 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 talk radio wouldn't be a thing 
without him being around. That being Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh was very sad. I was listening to him earlier, as I try to do every single day. And he said, now he has advanced uh, lung cancer. And he said, you know, that there's been some progression of cancer. He says it's not dramatic, but still a step in the wrong direction. He said, quote, from the moment you get the diagnosis, there's a part of you every day that, that says, you know, life's over. You just don't know when. So during the period of time after the diagnosis, you do what you can to prolong life. Um, uh, do what you can to prolong a happy life. You measure a happy life against whatever medication it takes. He says it's tough to realize that the days where I do not think I'm under a death sentence are over. Now we all are, is the point. We all know that we're going to die at some point, but when you have a terminal disease diagnosis that has a time frame to it, then that puts a different psychological and even physical um, awareness to it. So I just wanted to point out that talk radio wouldn't be what it is without Rush Limbaugh. Uh, the conservative movement wouldn't be what it is without Rush Limbaugh. Rush is, you know, it's been argued before. I remember watching Hugh Hewitt, who's another talk radio host, indicating that there's never, that there's been two incredible communicators over time here in America, one being Oprah Winfrey and number two being, and in no particular order, being Rush Limbaugh. You know, there's millions of people that, that, that get hope, that get inspiration, that have uh, faith every single day because of Rush and what Rush brings to the table. Either, I've said it before, you know, when he had his, his initial cancer diagnosis, I said he almost makes things as though he makes everything be okay and he's, he's there for whatever's going on as far as the news world goes and definitely makes conservatives and Republicans uh, feel better. So I want to just wish, you know, well to Rush and send prayers and love and everything possible um, Rush's way because without Rush talk radio would be nothing the conservative movement would be nothing and we as conservatives in the country owe an incredible amount to Rush Limbaugh um, so I would just like to end the program by saying get well and you know you, you're in our prayers and our thoughts and um, all of our well wishes go straight to Rush Limbaugh